injuries for today. Um, Garoppolo won't practice. Foot, Debo, ankle, knee, no practice. Kevin Givens, knee, no practice. Kinlaw, knee, no practice. Um, Wisnowski is sick, no practice. Um, Amory, ankle limited. Hyder, ankle limited. Jordan Mason, hamstring limited. McCaffrey, knee limited. Eric Armstead, foot, ankle limited. Um, Brock Purdy's full. Go ahead. Flare up with Javon. No, that was just that's the plan all along. We're gonna have him go full tomorrow. Uh, I think he has a chance to practice tomorrow. Depends how today's workout goes and stuff. Well, the uh, Raiders just announced that Jarrett Stidham will be their quarterback to face you guys. You're familiar with them from the senior bowl, so what, what can you expect? Um, I mean, I know he's a talented thrower. Um, got it. We've seen him play before. I'm um, not just at the Senior Bowl, but um, I think we played him a couple of years ago. Um, but he can make every throw, similar to Carr in that way. Um, but he hasn't been out there a lot, so hopefully we'll confuse him, make it tough for him. Uh, this move would suggest they're not totally invested in winning this game. Do you have to talk to the guys about not laying down because it appears like they're kind of laying down? Um, I don't, I don't know why they're doing it. So, but it doesn't matter to me. Um, we knew there was a possibility just looking into it. You know, when we started on Monday, um, but no, I don't worry about that with our guys. Uh, our guys know one way to play, and expect to see them that way. Any recollections of Stidham from Mobile? And I know that you had four quarterback technique, and um, I forget where he ranked in that group. But what, what do you remember from? I remember we really liked how he threw. Um, I liked him as a guy, just working with him. Um, never enjoy going to Mobile that time of year, so it's just not always a good feeling. It means you didn't do very well, and you really want to break, and you don't get it. Um, but I do remember enjoying him and knowing he was a talented player that we all believed was going to get drafted, and um, was not surprised that New England took him. Yeah, we all know how disruptive Nick Bosa can be, but when you look at the way teams have to prepare for him with having to double him and when he goes on opposite sides. Just just how disruptive is he when you're trying to plan for what he does on everything? Um, extremely disruptive because, you know, I mean, because it's every play. It's not just pass plays. It's not just third down. It's run plays. It's every situation. He's always got a chance to make a play, and uh, he's gotten really good at moving around and not having – I think he's just as good of a rusher wherever he goes, which makes it really hard for offenses to set a plan when you don't know where he's going to be. To have Brock Purdy do what he's doing in only three NFL starts, it's pretty much unprecedented. Yeah, he's been great. Um, he's it's it's been very similar to how he's been in practice. You know, he's been pretty consistent since he's gotten here. And um, but you never know until guys get in in these games, which um, they're a lot harder this time of year too than early on. And uh, he's been the same way he's been in practice. And I think that's why right when he got in um, first. Miami, you could hear the players having confidence in him, and um, it's only gotten stronger because it's this is the only way they've seen him. Givens come along. Would you expect him to be ready for the playoffs? Uh, yes, yeah, he's on schedule for that. When you were in Houston, uh, you had overlap with D'Amico as a player, and you were on the staff as coach. I don't know how much interaction you had, but what did you remember about him? And did you see things even then that, like, man, this guy one day could be a hell of a coach? Oh, that, yeah, that was my. That's why I was most excited that when I got here. I remember Sala telling me that D'Amico was somewhat interested in doing the QC route and stuff. And I was so excited because I've known him from Houston. I mean, he was our um, first pick in the set. We had we took Mario with the first pick in the draft, and we took D'Amico with the first pick in the second round. Uh, he ended up being Rookie of the Year that year. I think he was the first guy in a number of years to get a starting Pro Bowl. Um, 
at Mike Linebacker because it had been to Ray Lewis for so long. They called him Mufasa right away because he was like the wise lion. Um, and he was just, I mean, we, were, we weren't a great team, and he came in and ran that defense from day one as a rookie, and that always stuck out to me huge. I mean, he was there the whole four years I was there. Then I got to play against him a lot when he was in Philly and I was in Washington, so we've always kept in touch that way. And um, I know he made some money as, as a player, so I never knew if we could get him out of Houston and have him come be here at Quality Control here um, in California. Um, but he really was passionate about coaching and loved football. And once he decided to do that, it was about halfway through the year that we realized he wasn't going to be at Quality Control very long. I think he was very interested, but it's always you, when you have a wife and you have kids and you're living in a nice house and making a decent living and I'm sure everything's stressful, but not quite to what you're about to get into. You got to make sure that the, the wife understands it, the kids, things like that. The, I mean, it's not like you're making a lot of money when you go to that position too. And so, and you got to move children and all that. So it's, it's a lot to, um, Joe Thomas said it earlier this year, the most like, Coaching is not just about having a passion for coaching. It's about are you willing to change your lifestyle, and because it is a, it's a lifestyle change. Like it just it's, it's a little different, and you don't realize that until you totally get into it. And um, but it happens, and that's why you got to make sure the family's on board. And they were, and they've been supportive big time. And um, D'Amico has been good right away, and just keeps getting better. The next phase for Jimmy Garoppolo now that the the cast is off, and do you guys now have a better? Um, sense of when he could return to field. No, nothing's changed with that. I mean, he just got the hard cast off, so he's not able to move around and do stuff yet. So they're still in the training room processes, not out on the field or anything. So not much has changed. So when it was mentioned, uh, the record teams have the week after playing you guys, you were obviously well aware of that. They made the correction about the Chiefs. And it was right, right? Yeah. All right, I mean. Where did did someone bring that to your attention? Or yes. Okay. Yeah. No. Schneider told me a, a couple months ago. So he keeps telling me every Monday he checks. And he said, yeah. So he pointed out to me how cool it was when it was like 0-6 or something. But then when then I started paying attention once he showed me. So it's been pretty cool. Coach, with the division clinched and a playoff spot already clinched, when does the focus turn to just making sure everybody stays healthy for the playoffs rather than kind of maybe chasing that second seed? Um, I mean, we're, we're trying to make sure everyone stays healthy for the playoffs now in terms of guys who aren't healthy. Um, and then we feel it's a risk. I mean, we can be very smart with that. It's not worth risking that when you know you're in the playoffs. But um, the goal isn't just being healthy in the playoffs. It's we think we're a really good team, and we want to make sure that continues. And we also think there's room to get better. And if anything happens, we want to make sure we're better, not worse. Um, it's really hard just to put people on hold in football and expect you'll be the same team, um, or definitely expect you'll be better. Um, so every week, we're just trying to keep, whether it's practice field, whether it's the game, I mean, there are opportunities to get better. And that's how we look at it. It's great that there's an opportunity to get the two seed. Um, we'll see what it is after this week. Um, hopefully we can win. Um, but then we'll see what the situation is the next week. But we're not going to risk guys who we think um, are putting a lot of risk to what, how their bodies are at now. But I also think it's a big risk to have guys who have been going and playing football at a high level just to tell them don't play for three weeks. and then make sure you play at that high level for three and a half hours when everything's on the line. So we're just balancing that out, and um, we'll see how it continues. Do you have people on your staff who do advanced 
advanced scouting of teams you might face in the first round of the playoffs? Um, our, our personnel department always goes a week before. So when we come in on Monday, they can tell us any of the different stuff that ha happened live, like injuries and things like that, that we might not be able to see on TV. But no, no one's out scouting playoff teams. It's not like the basketball, you know, because it's things will change here in the two weeks. And who knows who we're going to play. And it'll be one game. And we'll have all week to get ready for it. The question about getting the team ready for the postseason. How much do you discuss? Just you know, you can only suit up what, 48 guys for a game, so it's not like you can rest. Oh yeah, that's also it's not. That's also what's comical about the, that question. Not to insult anybody at all, but it's like. We still got to. We still need forty eight guys. So I mean, who are we going to rest? And then I got fifty three guys to look at me and like, who you who you care about the most? Who are you resting? And it, it isn't that way. Um, you got to play the game. We got to suit up our guys and um, hope to get through it as healthy as possible. You referenced uh, Nick and Christian as being sort of similar in approach in that you know, almost everything they've done for a long time has been geared to be here. How rare is that? I mean, you've coached for a while. I mean, the guys that, that on that level have geared like their entire lives for what they're doing now. Um, it's it is rare, but I, you do. I think I think you see that a lot in anyone at the top of their professions. I mean, go back to the the 10,000 hour rule or whatever on how to master anything. You look at the top golfers, the top tennis players, like they're all people who didn't just start doing that in high school or anything. They're usually guys who have been obsessed with it from a young age. Um, that's what makes people to me generationally different when you have talent with that work ethic and that environment, um, that passion to where it starts early. And um, I do notice that with Christian and Nick a lot. I think it helps the families they came from and definitely so they their families were aware of it, and they definitely, I think, noticed they had the talent probably when they were in the crib doing certain things that would be weirder than all of us doing. Uh, you mentioned that after Purdue was drafted, that Greasy and Kubiak kind of had the project to look at late round quarterbacks. Was there like a, like, okay, we're not going to draft a quarterback probably until the fifth round, start looking? I mean, I guess what were the parameters of work doing uh, that's what we do every year, and depending on how much we're going to take one is how much that we all dive into it. But I didn't believe we were going to take a quarterback. Um, we would have loved to, but um, you'd always love to. You'd love to take one every year. Um, but we just didn't think we'd be able to where our roster was at and what we were trying to fill in the draft. Um, so, I mean, I'll spend most of my time on the areas I think we're going. And then you give them all the quarterbacks, and um, that's what we do every year. And sometimes I'm doing it with them. Sometimes I do it later. Um, but you don't say just the late round guys, you say every guy. And then you say rank them. And when we rank them, it's also where you think they're going to go. Um, so you start to look at things like, well, yeah, I think this guy's a second round guy. I think this guy's a fourth round guy. I think this guy's a seventh round guy based off talent, based off upsides, based off where I think the league has them valued. But this fifth round guy is my top guy. Um, does that mean you're saying take him in the top 10? No. But it just means you don't like every quarterback. And there's usually eight or whatever, and you like two of them. Um, it goes that way similar with running backs. There's 30 of them, you like four of them. Um, so it's what it's, doesn't mean there's any right or wrong, but it's just what how you see it. And you give it to those guys, they see it a little bit differently, but they stack it. Our scouts do the same thing, and they stack it. And then when that day comes, we watch all of it. They make tapes on them to kind of sell their highlights, the, the best things they could do. Then they show some tape, some clips on the worst things that they do. And then that usually intrigues anybody, but then it intrigues me what I see there, and then I base off of what I go study off of that.
Um, so, yeah, we're probably not going to take a quarterback, so I'm not going to spend two months studying every single person. But now these guys whose job is to do that, they've spent the last two months studying everyone. They put all this time into it, or scouts have put all this time into it. I put a day in listening to all of them, watching it. All right, I want to go back. Even though we're probably not going to take one, I want to go back and watch more tape on these three guys. And that's kind of how a year like that works. With Nick and the level he's playing at now, do you think that there's an even higher ceiling for him to get even better? Uh, yes, definitely. Um, I mean, he's still young. He um, He's not perfect. He's got four personal fouls this year. Um, told him that's why his Madden awareness rating is a 99, not 100. Um, so, yeah, he could get better right there. Um, but, I mean, he's playing the top of his game. I mean, I feel like we could sit him these next two weeks, and I would my mind would be blown if he wasn't the defensive MVP. Um, so he's been great. It's been his goal probably since he can remember making goals. And I know that was a big thing to him this year, how excited he was coming into camp healthy for one of the first times and him just saying how much more he wanted to do because he was healthy and he's so smart about that stuff. But he was able to get in more practice, build a little bit more of a um, stamina for the whole year. And um, it showed up on the field because I think he's a lot better now than he was two months ago. And he was better then than he was at the beginning of the year. So um just that you can't set up a plan all the time I mean, if you know where a guy is all the time you can dictate where the center goes you can dictate where people go to chip you can dictate um, a lot of things um, it's still not easy it's still real tough but at least you have an idea where he's going to be and um, you know, it's nice when sometimes you see the huddle break and I know you can see Nick just standing in the middle right next to the center and then he moves to a side and you can see them chip the heck out of the 1D end and this D end not get anything and it's really hard to just switch that stuff at the end so just little things like that and it's nice that he can go over the center too sometimes. Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams and Max Crosby and they've taken the lead in a number of games and just haven't finished them so when you look when you're looking at them, what do you see? I see some great players who can beat you. Um, that's why I think they've had a chance in, in so many games this year, and they have been close. I mean, they're just a few, um, the ball bouncing the different way to being uh, uh, locked in as a playoff team right now. So I know they're they're sitting down their quarterback, who I think is a real good player. Um, but they also got three big-time weapons there in offense. Um, their defensive end in Crosby is playing as probably – the second best defense player in the league, um, at least that I've seen this year. I think he's been unbelievable. Um, so they got some guys who um, can wreck games, and you better be on your stuff regardless. Chris, last one. Coach, why do you think the Bernie Kittle combination has been so electric this year as far as the last three, four games? Um, I, I think, um, I mean, Brock's made a few good um, plays, letting it rip, and um, Kittle's gotten some good looks that where he's been open, and also. He got one more big one intercepting from Ray Ray, so that definitely helped. Um, but I also, I mean, I also think Kittle, just like I was saying with Bosa, Kittle's at the best he's been all year too here in these last three weeks. And um, he didn't get much of training camp beginning of the year. He had to disappear for a little bit with some injuries. When he did come back, he was easing his way in. He wasn't great, and um, I feel like he's gone about a month in here without any setbacks. And when Kittle does that, um, he gets right back to what he's always been, and that's as good as anyone in this league at his position. I do until until 
the ref puts his hands up. I'm like, what is he doing? Oh, all right. And I move on, and I'm celebrating. Ray Ray might have taken longer to get over it, but I could care less once it works. But it better work. No, but I, I can picture like I've seen it because that's, that's my life story with a lot of things with these guys. All right, guys. Thanks.